Welcome to a new wave of entrepreneurship. I'm Latifa Farah, Associate Creative Producer at Venture for Canada and the producer of a new wave of entrepreneurship. The focus of this podcast is to hear from changemakers and Canadian entrepreneurs to learn about how they've developed their entrepreneur mindset and skills. We'll be chatting with CEOs, founders, and successful business leaders about their career journeys. We're excited to dive into these conversations about how to foster your entrepreneurial mindset and drive. Darian, I'm very excited to speak with you this afternoon. It's, it's, uh, it's great to be here. It's so good to finally meet you. I've uh, been following you for a while and really inspired by your organization. So it's, uh, it's a real honor. Very excited to interview you as well. One of my favorite things to do is to interview people who have their own podcasts because you already know how it all works. Like it's, there's no, and you understand fundamentally when you, once you've hosted a podcast, you understand what makes somebody a very effective guest of a podcast. What is one way that you feel you're most commonly misunderstood by other people? I think, again, not to flip it back, but I feel like in a way, sometimes maybe all of us are misunderstood in a lot of ways, right? Like, oh, totally. Everybody. Yeah. So I, I think I'm, I think we're all probably misunderstood all the time in, in moments and in micro moments and bigger moments. And I love that. I love that idea that, you know, going into the assumption that I probably am misunderstanding you. So let's find clarity and let's through conversation and discovery and questions and, and a ton of listening. How do we uh, understand each other better? And I loved your analysis of that question because I think it's bang on. And the reason why I asked this question to admit, I've asked it more just in social situations is because I think the root of so much of interpersonal conflict is that being we're all misunderstood. Uh, and there's certainly ways that, uh, you know, I think everybody can be misunderstood at, at, at different points. Yeah. And I think if we, as uh, you know, the comfortable place to go, the, the comfort zone is I want to just focus on being with people who I have a higher chance of, of understanding and understanding me. But I think it, for us to really grow, we have to intentionally be with people that I don't understand. And, and that's in those relationships, in those partnerships and in those, uh, you know, working out the conversation and working out the understanding, we really grow as humans and as people. Absolutely. I just uh, came back from the Les Îles de la Madeleine where I'm doing this Action Canada Fellowship where they bring together people interested in public policy across Canada. We went to Les Îles de la Madeleine and there were 17 of us. And it was interesting. I was saying to my partner how tired I was at the end, but it's because the other fellows in the cohort had just such diverse lived and life experiences. Everyone working from... Uh, for Microsoft to someone working for the government of the Yukon uh, as a negotiator with uh, First Nations on treaties uh, to uh, somebody who uh, works for the city of Guelph doing like municipal policy. Anyway, I could go on. Very diverse lived and life experiences, uh, also just of, of people in the group. And yeah, it gives them a point of just sometimes one of the things is how just through work I'll, or just life, I'll end up often associating with people who Maybe they have different lived experiences, but they're they they are in the same kind of line of work, same kind of field. Very rarely am I working with somebody. Some of these folks were doing work that was just completely different than the work that that I do. And I think that that's one of the things that I love about podcasting. Actually, is just meeting folks from completely different ways of life and uh, learning more about what they do. And of interest, you host a podcast. Beyond kind of all of the professional, you know, benefits and things that come out of it, like what's your personal sense of like joy? Like, why do you podcast? Yeah, it, you know, it started out. I'll tell you the story. Years ago, we ran a conference called the Canadian Internet Marketing Conference, and I, I co-owned it with a, another agency owner in town. And uh, 
one day a guy came to me, I knew named Rod, and he's like, Darian, I'd love to come to your event. Can I, uh, but my, you know, my organization, he worked for a charity that did amazing work with uh, homeless people and finding them jobs in Vancouver's East End. He goes, I just can't afford the ticket. And I said, well, I co-own it, so I can't really just give away a ticket, but you, why don't you apply as press? And why don't you do a blog about it afterwards? I was trying to find a creative way to get him a free ticket. And he said, totally, I'll do this. And so he did it, and, and at the end of the conference, he came to me and said, Darian, I've done something for you. And he showed me, at the time, it was a thing called SoundCloud, and at the time, there was only Apple Podcasts that existed. And he goes, Darian, I've started this thing called a podcast for you. And he had been backstage interviewing all of our speakers, you know, from Google or Pixar and some amazing organizations, and had this amazing little recording device and uploaded them all as interviews. And uh, I said, that's amazing. And then he said, I'd love to keep doing this for you. And so we figured out a way to subsidize, because again, he also wasn't paid well you know, in great ways. So we, we gave him a money every month, a stipend to uh, put out some podcast episodes. Uh, then eventually he, he got a new job and it was great. And he goes, I don't have the time to keep this up. So we found someone in our office that could record these interviews. And, and for me, I was like, well, we had just had our, our event acquired. We sold our conference. And, and the thing I missed most was the green room conversations, the uh, having a drink after the conference conversations, where it's kind of like the kind of off script, uh, you know, behind the scenes chats. And so I continued to invite people I would normally have speak at our conference just sit with me for an hour to have a conversation. So uh, a guy who was um, uh, Apple's first, uh, called Chief Evangelist Officer, so the first marketer for Apple. Uh, guy Kawasaki came on the show. Uh, Seth Godin, he authored a, a bunch of different books about marketing. Um, I even found an old interview. I had, um, you know, on the flip side, I actually had gone to a conference that I couldn't afford to and I had registered as press and media. And when I showed up at this event, I realized no one else had registered as media and press for the event because the main speaker wasn't well known. It was a guy named Malcolm Gladwell and he had written one book at the time called Tipping Point. And so I sat with him for this hour saying, hey, let's talk about this book. And, and I was using the book as a, a text for a course I was teaching. I said, hey, can I interview you? So I just pulled out my iPhone back then and asked, you know, did a micro interview and we put that on our podcast. And I just, every time I get to sit in front of someone, I just learn so much. So it's again, it's personal, professional development. I get uh, so much joy out of discovering new things. And also, I think people love sharing about kind of their own personal journey to get to that stage of where they're at professionally, but also what their brand is doing to kind of push the envelope going forward. You've also interviewed tons of guests, 300 plus different guests. What do you think are the traits of the guests that create the most compelling podcast episodes? They bring like really cool data and stats. I think for our audience, being we're, we're, we were a B2B podcast, so business to business, it's, it's for marketers, uh, with marketers, and those that have really good meaty, juicy, um, you know, data to give, case studies to tell, uh, do really well. We had um, someone from a, actually a brand here in our backyard here in Vancouver. Um, actually, originally, the guy who created the brand started off having a, a surfing company, like a surf clothing company called West Beach. So I grew up wearing this West Beach clothing when I was a kid here in BC. It was like three surfers, if anyone remembers that. And then uh, that no longer exists, West Beach. And he, so he started a little clothing company above a yoga studio, uh, yoga clothing, calling it Lululemon. And so um, it's since gone on to be, uh, you know, outside of Vancouver and all over the world. But his insights and foresights director for Lululemon was brilliant. She had all these great, really practical, like, here's how we figure out what the future holds. Here's how we determine what to do next. And she didn't hold anything back. She was so insightful. And I think because of her job, she was, you know, her, her you know, she was herself insightful. And so 
the interview was amazing. I've actually gone back and listened to that one again because it was it was so good. What have been the most significant professional benefits that you have reaped from hosting your own podcast? You know what? I, people ask me that. Be like, oh man, it must be it must be great for your because I have a day job, which is so I own an agency. We got about like sixty brands that we work with on retainer, you know, retainer where we do digital marketing and PR. And, and I realized two things. One is my agency during the day is like a mid-market, like kind of low-market agency. Like we work with like small businesses, local businesses in like, you know, four or five locations. Like once in a while, like 7-Eleven will hire us to do like a PR launch or Vistaprint might bring us in to do like a, a project. Like we might get some, we'll get some national work once in a while, but most of our work is pretty localized and, and big likes big. And so most of the brands I have on the show are pretty big. And so they're typically working with like Cassette, DDB, Wasserman, like, you know, Antisocial, like some of the big agencies in Canada. So they would never consider working with us. Like we're a small little shop in Fort Langley. We're not even in Vancouver. So it's not a fit. And then secondly, I'm just so focused on like who they are in this interview and, and fascinating ideas and, and just learning from them. I don't actually, there's no like ulterior motive. I haven't figured out how to like, hey, by the way, how are your agency relationships? Or you know, I don't use it as a way to be like, hey, how can someone pitch you to work with you? Um, I haven't used it for that. So, uh, I, and I don't think I could or would. Um, it just feels weird because I know a lot of people that do that. They use it as like a biz dev tool. Um, so my justification has been strictly like professional development for me. Um, I'll often interview uh, editors sometimes from different publications, like uh, the editor of Entrepreneur Magazine was amazing. So it's a, a magazine out of the U.S. And, and he was incredible. And so we love learning about like what editors want to hear when you pitch them as a PR agency. So I learned a ton from that interview. And then um, the other benefit has been financial. So we, we now have a, you know, we have, we've got pre-roll on the show. Thanks to, you know, the show is sponsored by Canada Post. Hootsuite's been a, a sponsor. Uh, HRF's CallRail. Uh, and uh, Zapier at the moment. Zapier. Uh, if you're ever looking to connect your digital tools that you use for marketing, consider Zapier. Zapier.com. Always doing a plug. <laughs> little plug there. <laughs> Zapier, that one was free in case you're uh, listening to your podcast. Uh, kind of if, you're, if you got kind of notifications set up, that was a free one. You're, you've been an entrepreneur for, for many years. Out of all the things in the world that one can do, what motivates you to, to be an entrepreneur? What why why be an entrepreneur? I think it's one of the I I would prefer not to be. It's like it's like asking someone like why do you have black hair, right? Or why you know I mean like I don't think we have a choice, entrepreneurs. In some ways, you know, when you like let's use a bank relationship with a bank. Let's tell that story. If you go to a bank, like let's use RBC. I love them, and I'm saying this in much love and respect. I don't know if they they're maybe one of your funders or not, but we're saying this with love and respect. They they prefer you have a nice salary with years of history. You work for a large organization. And for them, that shows consistency and it's safe. And, and it's, man, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to give you a mortgage. I'm going to give you a loan. Like, there's all these perks and benefits to being a salaried employee. But, you know, there's being an entrepreneur, it's risky, right? And so... I, I think in every part of me, you know, practically speaking, would prefer to be an employee. But there's parts of me that I, I'm driven to right the wrong. I'm driven to do something where I see a, I see a gap. It's like we have this vision right now 
um, like if you let's use Ghostbusters as an example of the movie where, you know, if you put on like, the, you know, the special ray, you can see ghosts, right? I'm not saying I see ghosts, but I, sometimes when I look out in the world, I'm like, man, there's a huge gap over there. We should do something. Or even if I'm on vacation, here's the other. I'll, I'll be like, oh, man, here's a cool entrepreneurial venture that someone could create on the beach here while I'm on vacation when I should be resting my brain and reading John Grisham novels and just, you know, having some Sabbath. Um, but, I, you know, but I think it's in us. I don't think we can get rid of it. It's, it's like as much as, you know, you see these dogs after you give them a bath, they shake it off, right? They whoosh, 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 right? And you see them shake off all the water everywhere. I think as much as you could try to shake off entrepreneurship and, and deny that you are one, it, it, you, you can't stop being one. That resonates with me. I think that a lot of entrepreneurial people, there's a degree that's innate. I also think that there's a degree that is certainly developed over time, in particular, some of the skills that enable someone to be effective. But I think a lot of that drive exists. I, I think in the context of our work is it's around tons of people, I think, have that innate drive, but they often aren't, don't have access to the same opportunities uh, or entrepreneurship isn't in their vocabulary. But I think that's a different question, right? It's, you, didn't, you asked me, what does it mean to be an entrepreneur? But it's not, what does it mean to be a successful entrepreneur? Totally different question. Very different question because it's you know I, I meet these people that are that right it's almost like you the, the you know they they're just going and and you know it's like the hamster in the wheel they're this entrepreneur they've got this energy they got this drive but they again do they have the right website skills do they know how to set up a Shopify can they monetize their incredible craft that they've done are they monitoring their expenses related to their uh, revenue. Right. It's like and, and again, that's the skills, which I think is so amazing about Venture for Canada that you're honing in people because you can. It's one thing to have the energy and the drive and, and the focus, but it's the other thing to then hone those skills. Right. And to come alongside them and to be like, hey, here's how to manage a budget. Here's how to set up a website. Here's how to market your website. Here's how to take your product that you've only been selling in Ontario. Here's how to sell it to Seattle and, and Portland and San Diego and get some of that US dollars. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's often people in the in these kinds of conversations when people think about the innate aspect of entrepreneurship, which I think is is a part of it. That's what sometimes pe certain young people will think, oh, well, I'm just born an entrepreneur and I don't need to develop the skills. And to, it's, to your point, it's just like training to be a doctor, just like training to be a lawyer, just like training to be any kind of profession. Training to become an effective entrepreneur takes a lot of work, a lot of mistakes, a lot of uh, work integrated learning along the way, and it's not easy. No, and I believe, and, and, and kind of my bias is more on the uh, marketing skills. How do you as an entrepreneur, as a person who has an idea, how do you, whether build a marketing team around you or you learn those skills internally to read analytics? You know, every entrepreneur in 2022 and beyond needs to know how to understand Google Analytics. You know, it is the language of entrepreneurs today when it comes to traffic to your site. What is the traffic doing? Are they converting? Whether you have a you know bricks and mortar, you want to monitor what happens in that bricks and mortar store. But these days, having a digital store, knowing how to understand what Google Analytics data can tell you, so you can make wise and informed decisions. Understanding Facebook ads compared to Google ads. Understanding how SEO works today. The importance of public relations in relation especially to SEO, uh, the importance of Google My Business and, and all these things. And there's all these aspects. And, and that's why we created Jelly Academy was to say, hey, there's all this incredibly amazing knowledge and understanding we have as Jelly, our agency. What if we packaged it in a course 
So much like Grey's Anatomy, the, the TV series where it is a teaching hospital, we restructured our agency as a teaching agency. So our agency continues to do the work in the trenches day in and day out. But then uh, people can come alongside our agency through Jelly Academy and learn kind of in real time what's new, what's fresh, what's current that can be applied for growing their business today. What do you think is one trait that makes someone particularly successful as a marketer? Curiosity. They're curious about the SEO algorithm. They're curious about what's next for Instagram. Uh, they're curious about what is analytics telling them about you know, that move or why did we see this influx of traffic here, but why did they not make a purchase? Curiosity it would be number one. And number two, uh, you know, to quote Miss Frizzle from the Magic School Bus, people who, who are willing to get messy, make mistakes and have some fun. And, and that's some of the best advice that Ms. Frizzle could give all of us as entrepreneurs, people that are willing to just try things and experiment. Or, you know, there's an old thing where you used to be able to, you know, if you wanted to see if your spaghetti was ready, you'd throw the spaghetti up on the ceiling to see if it would stick, right? It's like, let's just throw spaghetti. And, and especially these days with social media and digital ads and SEO and PR, you can literally, even more than ever, you can throw things up against the ceiling, the spaghetti, and see what works. And, and then you could uh, test it. And, and the data from Google Analytics allows you to see, was that successful? Did it work? You use a tool like Ahrefs to see, okay, is that increasing our SEO ranking now that we got that great backlink? So it's being able to use all these amazing, available, affordable tools to help grow you and hone your business. What are the pros and cons of a young person who wants to begin their career in marketing choosing to begin their career in a marketing agency? Yeah, the pros are, you know, especially, you know, it depends again if you want to go marketing brand side or agency side. If you go brand side, you're going to learn the focus of one industry, whether it's B2B or maybe it's just retail, and you're going to uh, absorb kind of best practices for that vertical and that industry and what works, what doesn't. You're going to see how to structure a larger team, most likely. But if you go agency side, one of the benefits is that you're going to see what it looks like to market maybe 12 different brands. You could be on 12 accounts or 20 accounts, uh, 12 different verticals, 12 different industries. And then you might even learn, you know what, I actually really love this industry. I love, you know, sports and entertainment, or I love tourism, or I love, you know, uh, hospitality. And it allows you the chance to say, man, I really love that industry. And you get a test before you buy and before you kind of venture out into uh, that venture you think is, is for you. So that's the perks there. I'd say the cons would be as, you know, every month you wait with your amazing idea is another month that someone else could start it instead of you, or another month that, uh, you know, you could be missing that moment, that, that moment your business needs to exist for the world to see. So uh, those would be the pros and cons. It's been a fascinating conversation, Darren. We have covered a really wide range of topics from talking about how your indigenous heritage uh, impacts your uh, perspectives as an entrepreneur to whether entrepreneurship is innate or and, and how you kind of uh, develop entrepreneurial skills over time. And at the beginning of our conversation, thinking back about the ways that we're all misunderstood by other people and why communications is something that's so key in life. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you today, Darren. That's it for this week's episode of A New Wave of Entrepreneurship. Stay connected with us via our social and our email list. Subscribe to us in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss our next episode. If you have feedback on today's episode, tweet us at Venture4Canada. That is Venture, the number four, Canada, or email us at podcast at venture 4 
That's spelled F-O-R-Canada.ca. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'm Scott Stewart, and until next time, stay safe, stay motivated, and stay grateful. A new wave of entrepreneurship is produced by Latifa Farah. Editing and mixing also done by Latifa Farah. Erica Ormiston is our editorial assistant. Mark Wallach and Premium Beat own the copyright and publishing rights related to the song used in this podcast. The comments and opinions, recommendations, or suggestions expressed on the podcast by the guests are not liable to Venture for Canada and belong solely to each individual. Any information provided stated by our guests and our host is independent of Venture for Canada. A new wave of entrepreneurship is a Venture for Canada brand and all content is owned by Venture for Canada. If you'd like to use our content, please reach out to us at podcast at venture4, that's spelled F-O-R, Canada.ca.